The Skeleton's Dance, a folktale from Japan. In Japan, many years ago, there were two young men, Taro and Jiro, who were good friends. When they were old enough, they left the village in which they had been born to journey together to the distant city to make their fortunes. Now, Taro worked very hard and earned a great deal of money, but Jiro fell quickly in with companions of the wrong sort and spent all his time lounging in tea shops during the day becoming drunk and riotous at night, and learning the ways of thieves and murderers. Still, the young men remained friends, though Taro was very sad to see how corrupt Jiro had become. After three years, Taro decided to return home and ask his friends to join him, his friend to join him. It was his hope that, away from the city and its wicked ways, Jiro might become again the good man he had once seemed. In truth, Jiro had borrowed and spent a great deal of money, and many of his former companions were demanding he pay them back. He was eager to escape the city, because he had no intention of making good his debts. So he said to Taro, I really do want to go back, but I have no clothes for the trip. Since he now had a good deal of money, Taro happily shared it with his friend. He gave Jiro money enough for clothes, and some extra to buy food and lodgings along the way. However, when they reached the mountain pass, beyond which lay their home village, Jiro attacked Taro and killed his friend. He took Taro's money, rolled the body beneath a bush, and went the rest of the way home, as if nothing had happened. The villagers greeted him warmly, and many asked, What has become of our good friend Taro? Oh, replied Jiro, that is a sad story. He fell in with bad companions the moment we reached the city. From that day to this, he has done nothing but waste his money in the company of the most wicked men. I begged him to return with me in the hopes that he would mend his ways once he was home, but he only laughed at me and made rude remarks about this village and had his criminal friends drive me away. At this, there was much indignant head-shaking among the villagers who said that Taro deserved whatever misery happened to him. For a few days, Jiro made a show of being the same good-hearted fellow he had once been. But he quickly began to gamble and waste his money in drunken revels. Soon he had spent all the money he had stolen from Taro because he refused to do honest work. He decided to return to the city, where he would give himself another name and live by stealing from wealthy citizens. On his way back, he again traveled the mountain pass where he had killed his friend Taro. As he was striding through the pass, he heard a voice calling, Jiro! Jiro! Puzzled, he looked around but could see nothing except bushes and the rocky mountain walls. Thinking the wind was playing a trick on him, he continued on his way. But he had only gone a few paces when the voice cried again, Jiro! Jiro! Determined to find the answer to this mystery, he followed the cries to a thicket far back from the road. Parting the brush and peering through, Jiro discovered a skeleton sprawled on the ground. Even as he looked on in amazement, the skeleton sat up and said, Has it been such a long time that you've forgotten me, my friend? I am Taro, whom you killed and robbed. I have been waiting here, hoping that I would meet you again someday. Terrified, Jiro turned to run, but the skeleton seized his kimono in his bony hands and would not let him escape. Don't be so quick to run away. Tell me what you have been doing since you struck me down. Choking with fear, 
Jiro told how he had gone home and spent all of Taro's money and was now going to the city to become a thief. You haven't changed, said the skeleton, but you are sure to come to a bad end if you become a thief. I have a better idea. I will dance like this. Here, the skeleton began to dance, rattling and clattering his bones together, waving his arms in the air and kicking with his legs. Then he continued, You can put me in a box and carry me around with you, and people will pay you to see me dance. Since I won't eat or wear clothes, and money means nothing to me, you can earn a great deal without expense. Why should you do this for me? asked Jiro, though his mind was already filled with pictures of fortune he could earn. I am bound to you in death, as in life, said Taro. Will you accept my offer? Yes, said Jiro. Then he took the skeleton and purchased a beautiful teakwood chest to store it in, and toward the countryside, playing a flute while the skeleton danced in front of wandering crowds. The money poured in, enough so that Jiro could spend it as fast and as foolishly as before, and still have some left over. Eventually, Word of Jiro and his dancing skeleton reached the most powerful lord of the province. He summoned Jiro to his castle and told him to have the skeleton dance in the vast hall that was filled with guests. Jiro opened the chest, stretched Taro's skeleton out on the bamboo matting, and began to play a lively tune on his flute. But the skeleton simply lay there. Jiro played the tune, another tune, then began to yell and curse, but the skeleton refused to move. Finally, in a rage, Jiro took his flute and began to beat upon the bones, commanding them to get up and dance. At that moment, the skeleton sat up, climbed to its feet, and walked to the throne of the great lord. There, bowing humbly, it said, My lord, I have been dancing all this time, just so word would reach you, and I would be brought before you. In my life, I was your honest subject, Taro. This fellow killed me and robbed me of my money. Then the skeleton told exactly how this happened. The Lord, who was just a man, was angered at the way Jiro had betrayed his friend. Seize that man and take him away to be tried, he ordered his guards. At that moment, the, skelet the, the skeleton fell to pieces before the throne. And three days later, Jiro was sentenced to death for his crimes.